Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast to get you waffling about your mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks the journey. So join me each week as I open up shop and have a waffle. Welcome to the Waffle Shop podcast. Today I'm joined by a singer, songwriter, actress, and one of the probably one of the biggest girl groups <laughs> of the nineties. It's the legend <laughs> Lindsay Armel from Bewitched. Uh, Welcome hi. to the Waffle Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, that was a nice Honest- intro. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I'm going to get it off my chest now, but I've been fangirling about this all day. Like I said, I've wanted you oh, on the show for so long. So this is oh, this is a bucket list. I'm not going to lie, oh, bucket list yay. thing for me. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. It is an mm-hmm. absolute pleasure. So before we launch into, obviously, I don't even know where to begin with the kind of like this, obviously the chat we're going to have. I start each one of my shows with something called the weekly waffle and Mm, this is something that winds me up I can get it off my chest and Mm. in hope that it makes me feel better now I've waited for this one for nearly a year and it's very timely purely because it's very dad joke of me but you know what's been winding me up this week Lindsay winding you up 
the weatherman. <laughs> ah? Have you been saving this for this podcast? Oh my god, you have no idea. I've waited a year to drop this. <laughs> hang on, hang on. The weather or the weatherman? Well, I'm happily blame both. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Surely because one minute, like we're coming into spring now, and oh. like you don't know how to dress. Like if you no. overwear like a coat, like your big yeah. coat. 10 minutes after leaving the house, like you're sweating. But then if you yeah. wear like a light jacket, 10 yeah, minutes yeah. later, you're freezing. Yeah, no, totally. And actually the last few days have been sunny. And every time I wake up and I look out the window, I go, oh, it's a lovely day. So I put on my like t-shirt, you know, and, yeah. and my, my light jacket and, and I walk out and I'm absolutely frozen <laughs> within 10 seconds. I literally have to walk back in and get dressed again. And it, it reminds me actually of um, something my granddad, my Greek granddad used to say. Um, which is in March, rather than taking away a layer, add a layer, because actually it's it's one of the coldest months and, and it's really deceiving because the, the days get a little bit brighter yeah. and a little bit longer as well. And your mind tends to think it's warmer, but it's actually not. And that's when we catch colds and all the rest of it. So his, 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 his advice was add a layer, don't take away a layer in March. So there you go. Do you know what? Thank you to your great granddad. And for anyone who's listening to this, yeah, <laughs> listen know. to that. If, if you don't take anything yeah. else away from this chat, that's exactly. cracking advice. That's cracking that's, advice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what winds you up? Like, I, I imagine like you, you kind of, I felt like you were like raring to go when I mentioned I'm, that. I'm getting segment. angry thinking about it. <laughs> I What winds me up is road rage. And it's ironic I know because road rage itself makes me feel rage and um, actually specifically the school run road rage because <laughs> I just think guys like we're just trying to get our kids to school why are we hating on each other like I might be parking and then I might have dropped my daughter off and then I'll be in back in the car and I'm backing out of where I'm parking from trying to turn around to go back up the road I came from and the car and the car like waiting to let me out I'm like oh thank you you know thinking that they're being nice but actually I'm looking in the mirror and they're like this you know like making all these hand gestures like as if they're impatient and just like literally I can see them effing and blinding and it's like really like have I really done something not even nine o'clock in the morning (laughs) yeah no have I really have I really offended you that badly that you are literally hating on me right now like why is there so much anger in the world at nine o'clock in the morning I don't get it and it really irks me because it makes me feel s-h-i-t for about I don't know all of five minutes but still it's like you can swear on this show if you need to shit yes there you go see like you just made my morning shit thank you very much (laughs) Do you feel better now, though? I do. I need to get that off my chest. I love a good rant. Oh, or a waffle. Like mm. Very well branded. Oh, even better. Oh, yeah. I love waffle. That's the best. I feel like even people who don't even have kids get road rage oh, on yeah. the school run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, oh, I don't know. There's just, I know. It's a lot it's of like effort for that time of together. the morning. Yeah, we're all in this together. It's all a bit manic, isn't it, in the morning? So, you know, you've got to get your kids ready at the door. You know, there's traffic on the road anyway because everyone's trying to get to work. It's like, we're all in this together. Let's just yeah. be calm, be nice to each other. <laughs> That's what you just, just wave. Or one of the biggest yeah. things my mum taught me was to keep a brick under the passenger seat 
just oh, in case. That's a brilliant <laughs> idea. She did that's on a but par with my granddad if I could add the extra layer. I like there that. There you go. See, we could end this chat now. We've literally yeah. give the world something <laughs> today. <laughs> Takeaway, definitely. <laughs> uh, I don't even know where to begin with this chat because there is, like, I'm going to say it, but you guys were like a big part of like my childhood. Like, you guys were everywhere. And I find it really funny because mm. when, you know, when like you get like the Spotify wrapped at the end of the year, like with your like top played song. Yeah. Cella V is in that guaranteed pretty much every year yeah. for me. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's, it's an lovely. anthem. It's yeah, an anthem. and you know, it's kind of only in the last sort of, I don't know, maybe five years or so that I've really realised that it's become a pop classic because it still gets played. Like, it, it doesn't Everywhere. just belong to the 90s anymore, is it does it. It's kind of, it's still gets played at you know weddings and you know parties and nightclubs on the radio and it's like gosh it really has stood the test of time and it's amazing to be part of that actually I feel very lucky did you know back then like when like you heard it or in the like the process of obviously bringing it all together yeah did you did you know it was going to kind of go on to have that kind of impact that it did no um I definitely knew I definitely knew it was it was a, a potential hit. So when yeah. when we were working on it and when we were recording and stuff, it was like this is really different and this is really quirky and catchy and you know it's got hooks left, right, and center, and it's it was right on the button to what you know what the music industry was all about at the time, yeah. which was just catchy pop tunes, feel good, um, you know it was that kind of real pop pop if you know what I mean yeah um and I just thought yeah this is we're on to something good here and then when we were promoting it so we literally did so many nightclubs tours and radio tours up and down the country we performed at school assemblies all over the country like we really did a lot of groundwork to get our fan base up um because back in that day it was like you had to do your real groundwork it wasn't there was no social media you know you didn't just I don't know, appear on a, on a, on a TV show show and then suddenly have uh, a high profile overnight. It was like, you really had to work your way up and, and gather the fan base gradually. So we really did our groundwork. Um, and then when it came to release date, it was almost like, there's no real way of knowing how it's going to go. There's no indication yeah. until kind of midway through the week. And on the Wednesday, you get like a mid, a midweek chart position, um, within the industry like it's not a public thing and uh, I remember we were um in the studio with our with our producer and he said do you guys want to know the midweek because I'm going to get a call in a few minutes about the midweek and we were like oh um, do we want to know do we not want to know do we want to know anyway we decided we want to know and so the phone rings right and you can imagine like the tension okay so the phone rings and he picks up the phone and he goes uh hello and uh, we're all like watching him, listening intently. And he goes, uh-huh, yeah. Completely deadpan, didn't give it anything away, put the phone down and then went, number one, like that. And we were just like, <laughs> number one, that's ridiculous. And uh, 
I think I think the moment was so overwhelming. I think I had to run out of the room and into another room and just breathe for a minute because it was just like, what do you mean? How can we possibly have a number one hit just straight in first single? Like, it was just crazy. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean, every step of the way was just a surprise to us. We didn't really go into the industry expecting anything. We didn't yeah. really. No, all we knew was that we loved to do this job and, you know, we had something, there was something that people believed in, you know, whether it was our manager or, or our producer, it was like there was something that some that they saw in us and then we had our record deal and it was like, okay, people are seeing something in us and we believe we can do it. We just have to keep doing what we love doing, which is, you know, keep writing songs, keep singing, keep practicing our dance routines and just kept going from that <laughs> of point course, kind of iconic just... dance routines now like you must look back now yeah. and like you, you start like a little bit of a movement the whole like double denim like oh yeah I mean there's still people saying now like oh here every ra- random like people will still be like I fight like my dad as well like yeah. and instantly you're taken aback like, yeah. so what do you <laughs> to <like>? that moment <laughs> yeah definitely and I think you hit the nail on the head there with the double denim thing as well because that that was another thing that we seem to be um, associated with quite strongly. Yeah. And it really, you know, in hindsight, really worked in our favor because it was, it was our thing. It was kind of like our uniform. It was what people thought of when, yeah. you know, if you said, if you said denim, people thought bewitched. If you thought if you said bewitched, people thought denim, it was, um, <laughs> it was quite interesting actually. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it really suited us as well because I think, the type of band that we were we weren't really all about the glamour and the dresses and stuff like that we were were very relatable like very relatable on so many different levels yeah and I think that's another reason why the denim worked because everyone has a pair of jeans in their wardrobe everyone could could pretend to be us or look like us or whatever if they wanted to some of us still do (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um it was exactly that it was relatable and I think we were quite relatable. We were quite girl next doorish. We weren't really about, like I say, it wasn't about the hair and the makeup and, but um, yeah. So it just kind of suited us, and also because we had these mad dance routines. <laughs> so it was like, well, there's there's no way we can wear anything other than trainers on stage because we literally were dripping with sweat every time yeah. we do a performance. You know, and um, that's how hard we worked on stage. So it was like, well, what goes with trainers? I don't. We don't really want to wear tracksuits all the time. So. So it's both it like, well, setting casual. a trend and yeah. practical at the same and time. Practical, exactly. Well, there you go. You know, hitting two. Do you know what? This is why I love having these kind of conversations because, like, all these years, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, like it doesn't quite like or whatever." Like, there's obviously there's always negative comments and stuff like. That. But now, yeah. hearing it from like the, like, the people themselves, I'm like, "Well, See? actually," telling you, it's all about the comfort. Exactly. I'm, I'm a huge fan of that <laughs> yeah I know and to this day like I wear trainers most of the time now on stage because I'm like I did try the whole tottering around on stage for a few years and then I was like do you know what like it visually it probably looks better but I don't enjoy it as much because I don't feel like I'm really giving it loads on yeah. stage when I wear the right footwear um it just changes the whole experience for me I'm like yeah I'm really feeling it now <laughs> rather than just kind of balancing on my stilettos oh, well, Lily Allen did it as well didn't she she had the whole yeah. like air max thing so yeah and I know I know where she got it from so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um, Lily, Allen. Lily Allen's cool <laughs> love huge fan of Lily Allen um yeah. so 
I'm very open and honest when it comes to kind of like music being like one of the biggest coping mechanisms for me. Like, like I yeah. said, like Cella V and stuff like that, like they're songs that really remind me of like the good times and kind of like, yeah. as soon as I hear like that, oh, oh, like it's an instant kind of yeah. smile on my face. Like I'm in, an, it's, it's like an instant good mood. Mm. I, I want to know like when, obviously from like a, from like a singer songwriter, like when you're kind of, you know a little bit manic or even if you're on the school run and someone's kind of swearing out their window at you like do you have like go-to songs and albums that kind of kind of bring the calm a little bit yeah music is a huge um mood changer for me um it can really like lift me out of a a dark place yeah um and it, it, it's different. I think it depends on lots of things um, as to what music I will listen to. It might just be an album that I'm particularly into at the time and it literally yeah. just transports me and just makes me completely feel like I uh, just, because I don't know, this music just does something to you when, when you listen yeah. to it and if it connects with you, whether it's the music or the lyrics or just the just the vocal or something it connects with you it's it just brings you somewhere else doesn't it um at the moment um I'm really really loving and it's an old album oldish album but it's Christine yeah. and the Queens um I'm really loving her first the album tilted. yeah yeah it's I'm amazing. a fan oh I love her <laughs> really brilliant she's very she's um, got the dance moves as well have you ever seen she has she's yeah. an amazing dancer she's so free with her dancing isn't she she's mm. a real inspiration to watch actually because she's so just doesn't conform she's just yeah. herself you know um and that's quite inspiring but yeah and, and like my i suppose my all-time fave artist would be um cheryl crow i love her stuff i love her voice i love yeah the laid-back kind of feel of her lot of her stuff it's laid back yet gritty yet passionate so I love that but yeah I, I think it just changes and like you say it's it's really therapeutic music and mm -hmm. it really does have such a massive place in my life and, and it's funny because sometimes I forget like I've got young children now two and four and for the past four years my life has been so hectic busy because of kids and stuff and yeah. just that early kind of parenthood bubble that I haven't really been listening to as much music as I used to and it's only recently I've started listening to a lot of my albums my favorite albums again and it's really reminded me it's like oh I've missed this so yeah. much like I actually have time to listen to music every now and again now because you know my eldest goes to school and my youngest is in nursery a couple of times a week and stuff so I'm getting a little bit of time back yeah. for myself and I'm like music I'm going to go for a walk or a run and I'm just going to listen to music and even sometimes on the way to a gig if I'm on a train or something like that I'm just going to put my earphones in and I'm just going to close my eyes and just and it really does transport me it's amazing yeah. no I love that and I think especially this is again I'm going to say but like this is why I love talking to like musical guests that I have mm -hmm. on the show because I quite like to get into kind of like their headspace before they set up on stage and stuff like that because mm. obviously no matter like what level you are like you, you must get like a little bit of like nerves stepping out onto a stage still mm. like I mean you're obviously experts at it now but yeah do you have any kind of like pre-stage like rituals or like <clears throat> songs that you listen mm. to or little kind of things to get you, you in that what? kind of zone we have so our our 
only real ritual is um, that we, so when we're just about to go on stage, we say a little prayer together and we just, we like just huddle and we have a little prayer that we say. Um, and we've done that since day dot, uh, since way back in the day, like so we've, it's something we've always done. And it kind of just focuses our energy within the four of us because it's there's a lot of stuff going on backstage yeah. you know you've got sound people and you've got the stage managers and you've got people talking to you right up until the last moment um and so it can be a little bit frantic yeah. and it, it's the one thing that it kind of when you huddle together everyone kind of gives you that space because they can see that you're doing something so it's like suddenly we have okay it's the four of us again here and it just kind of focuses that energy and then we're ready to go and it that's all it takes you know yeah but it is it is it's kind of like grounding isn't it yeah. kind of like yeah yeah it's really grounding because you're all like in that same situation together obviously yeah but you can't well you are like kind of like sisters aren't you like when you yeah. obviously you've been through like thick and thin together absolutely so yeah, no yeah. It's, it's actually really refreshing to hear that that's yeah. kind of like what you do that's what we do and um you mentioned is there any any song that we listen to we don't anymore but when we were back in the day I always say back in the day when it was like the 90s but back <laughs> in that in that era when we were working as a band because then there was yeah. a period of time after that that we didn't and then we are obviously back working again together now but um back in the day um, <laughs> we used to listen to um tearing up my heart by NSYNC <laughs> that used to be our that Love used that. to be our pre-stage <laughs> song because it really just got us in the mood and it'll help it like we jump around the, the dressing room dancing to it tearing up my heart and I'm with you <laughs> it was just like our little feel-good song um, Love so that. that was quite funny but we don't we don't do that one anymore no <laughs> <laughs> so just, yeah we can't we can't really jump around it with um obviously we talked then about like kind of like stepping out on stage and stuff like that i was very lucky to go to one of the first festivals that were was allowed to go ahead in oh, before lockdown and yeah. it was actually that the back to festival that oh. you guys headlined yeah and honestly being in that crowd especially after the two years that we had just had and there was not one care in the world in that audience at that time like hearing that obviously these like incredible songs that were taking us back to like our kind of like childhoods or you know the mm. good times and stuff like that and it's one of the things that I'm quite weirdly grateful of the pandemic for because mm -hmm. rather than everyone kind of looking forward like a oh, whole scared of what's going to happen next everyone mm. kind of went backwards and kind of really appreciated like time and each other and families yeah. and stuff and mm. it was quite nice to see because quite a lot of like your songs have soundtracked quite a lot of the people's life that was in I mean I'm speaking from a personal experience but like just seeing yeah. everyone else enjoying it like yeah. what was it like kind of especially after the pandemic like stepping out again like was it I can't imagine like the feeling stepping out on that stage again it was uh, it was quite emotional actually and I, and yeah. I do remember being nervous um it was uh yeah it was quite emotional because it was it had been a long time the, the industry our industry the entertainment industry had been shut mm -hmm. down pretty much for 18 months and um throughout that time it was kind of like gosh when is it going to come back yeah. when is it going to return because there was no indication um you never know like and it was the last industry to be encouraged to open yeah the entertainment and the live kind of sector you know the live shows and concerts and stuff so it was like 
you know, the first one back, it was like, gosh, this is actually, here we are, we're back. This is yeah. emotional. Um, <laughs> and I think for me as well, because prior to that, those 18 months, I had um, taken eight months out to have my second baby. So actually it was wow. well over two years since I had gigged. So for me, it was like, you know, double, there was two things going yeah. on. It was like, it's my first gig back after having my babies. And it's also our first gig back after the pandemic. So it was, it was a bit like of a culture shock, on. kind of. Bit of a culture shock, yeah. It was it. a bit like, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was like, oh my God, can I can I still do this? <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, know, for someone who yeah. was in that crowd, you could you can definitely <laughs> definitely Aww. still do it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. We must have rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> it was that prayer. It was a very strong prayer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Help us to Rosary remember all the, death, all the moves. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned there about like like the music and stuff like that that you used to listen to and like the running and stuff like other than those things like do you have any other coping mechanisms that you kind of use when things get a bit much so obviously I'd, I'd like to ask because you know what it's not like a one-size-fits-all isn't it when it comes to kind of taking yeah. care of yourself and imagine now obviously having two children like you really appreciate that kind of mm. downtime obviously you're a mom I don't think you yeah. guys ever have downtime but <laughs> you know what I think my the thing that keeps me grounded the most in life in general is my um is my spiritual beliefs yeah. and um kind of tapping into into that and um whether it's rereading a book that really connects with me or whether it's meditating or whether it's you know praying or even going to church sometimes helps me to just yeah. calm down um it's it's that is the the thing the thing that really really makes a difference to me and um and actually I, I have to say like in my absolute darkest and most overwhelmed of times yeah I seem to turn to prayer actually and yeah. that is the thing that literally gets me through that minute and I don't know why that I don't know why where this comes from well I suppose I do in a way my dad is quite religious yeah um and, you know, growing up with that and also then in Ireland, where it's quite a religious country, yeah. the, the religion is there. But having said that, I think when I was about 18, I completely um, went the other way and I was like, didn't believe in anything like that. And uh, and then when I was 23, my mum passed away. And for me, that was a turning point in terms of I really I was on the floor. I was on the ground yeah. looking up, going something helped me help me here I'm really struggling um you know I just uh, so young to lose a parent and, yeah. I, and I just didn't know how to pick myself up um and I think at that point then I started searching and I started reaching out for things to just guide me to give me some sort of crutch I suppose yeah. to help me through that period and the things that seemed to come my way were people recommending books and stuff like that so I started to read a lot and um that's when I started to come across spiritual type of books and that that was the thing that comforted me actually um it really did and I kind of really got into it again at that point and then you know after that I think I kind of I've always used the spiritual side of things to help me through hard times yeah. and it really does help me you know it's not for everyone and I totally get that 
No, um, but you know what, though? It is, I mean, first of all, thank you, for, obviously, for sharing that with me. Um, but yeah. secondly, like, it is so refreshing to hear because it, this mm. this whole journey of life, like, it isn't a one-size-fits-all. And no. I'm kind of, kind of piggyback on the back of what you just said. And I, I don't think I've actually mentioned it on the show before. I mean, mm. my mum was a very, and well, she still is a very religious woman. And there was a moment... Um, she used to work in a, a Catholic school before everything happened. And when she was in intensive care and she was on life support machine and all the rest of it, there was a day where her school held a mass for her. And wow. on that day, and a lot of people will vouch for me here, there was mm. like her eyes like started, like she was started responding. Now, wow. I don't know. I don't know what's up there. I, I'm not here mm. to kind of say you need to believe in this. You need to believe that um but if that kind of thing gets you through and it kind of it is that crutch and it gives you that safe space and that comfort there Mm. is no one on this planet that can tell you it's the wrong thing to do because everyone needs that those little kind of creature comforts and there's definitely something there and Mm. obviously I don't know what it is but no I'm I I really appreciate you saying that because yeah I wasn't expecting that no and it's you know it's it's um I suppose it is quite personal in a way um you know but it, but I but equally I, I'm more than happy to share it because if it helps one person yeah, so maybe, definitely. You, know, you know if that's something that could help someone else then that's great but um but yeah I do think it's important to 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 share um and yeah there is I believe there's there is a power in prayer and especially like what you just mentioned where there's a mass yeah. prayer um it's like there's there's an energy about there's an energy shift that happens when you pray or when you meditate or when you whatever you want to call it you know um and I think when groups of people gather with an intention and do it together there's an the 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 strength of that energy is pretty Mm -hmm. huge so I have no doubt that that has something to do with what Mm -hmm. you just described you know but yeah yeah it's pretty powerful I wasn't expecting this this kind of took me back a little bit yeah I love these conversations honestly I have literally the best job in the world like it's it it blows my mind I get to learn about like different people's experiences and stuff and obviously having these kind of conversations like we're we're just chatting but like like Mm -hmm. I know for a fact there'll be people listening to this that will take something away from it so Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that (laughs) um one of your other um outlets and I'm not gonna lie I was a little bit surprised okay what were you gonna say I've probably built this up now I mean it's 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 incredible um obviously a thing but I was watching Netflix on my day when I was not gonna lie I was fairly hungover binge watching (laughs) shows on Netflix and I was sat there watching Stay Close and I was like yeah that's Lindsay from Bewitched (laughs) I was like is it (laughs) And then I, I sat there again for like another probably good 20 minutes. I was like, I think that's so then I Googled it. And I was, I was like, so yeah, obviously another obviously passion of yours is obviously acting. Acting, yeah. So <laughs> the acting came into play in my life when um so the band ended and yeah. um I after the band ended, so we're talking about maybe 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. I threw myself into production and writing uh, yeah. music. 
um, which is, you know, one, one of my absolute passions. And um, I bought a studio, I learned how to use all the equipment and, you know, got musicians around, we recorded stuff and da 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 And anyway, I was trying to do a solo thing. I got a development deal with Sony and then, you know, things happened anyway. Mm. And it didn't, nothing really came to fruition out of it. Um, and then after that, I joined another band, funnily enough, um, the oh, country wow. band, a country style band called Clayton. And um, and we recorded an album and we did loads of gigs and stuff. And then we almost got signed. And then the whole music industry cha- was changing at that point to, um, you know, it was all about the pop idol and the X Factor and all that kind of yeah. those shows. And that was the popular thing. So all these artists were coming through those shows and the record companies were snapping them up and, Mm. you know, they were, that's just how the music industry was going. And at the time it was like, there wasn't really anyone being signed other than the artists coming off the back of those shows, shows. which I kind of get because the record companies are like, well, half our job is done because you're already, you've already got following, you've already got, you know, the profile. So we'll just need to release an album or a single or whatever. So I get why they were doing it, but it just made it very difficult for anyone else to kind of get it a look in. So at that point, after that, then I was like, I was a bit disheartened with the whole music industry. And I was a bit yeah. like, gosh, you know, I, I, I'm a bit jaded, actually. I'm a bit jaded because you try this and you try that and you can't get in this way because of that and you can't get yeah. it. So I was like, I imagine as well from experience such... I mean, obviously, like you mentioned earlier about like the number one, like touring absolutely yeah. everywhere. Like, I mean, there was you couldn't go anywhere without hearing one of your songs or knowing like who you guys were. Like, so I imagine yeah. you've experienced some of like the highest highs, and then you mentioned there some yeah. of like quite the lowest lows as well yeah. within the industry. Yeah, it can be very much like that. It can be very well. Oh, excuse the pun. Very much like a roller coaster. Um, I didn't intend for that, sorry. Yes, you did. How long have you waited? (laughs) It's nearly as bad as you saying the weatherman thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, it really can be up and down. And it's um, the highs are really high and the lows are really low, actually. But yeah, like you said, and then, you know, we experienced that period of time where it was just such a high. And then as soon as the band ended, it was such a come down. Yeah, and um, you know, it also for me personally tied in with losing my mum. So it was literally like whoosh, down yeah. you go. Um, so it was like yeah, just then trying to pick myself up, like I said, and and trying to do more music and that. And then it was just like maybe I need to be thinking completely outside the box here and just try something new. And um, it was actually someone mentioned to me about this place in London that did uh, long weekend courses in acting. Um, like you know kind of master classes or whatever yeah. I was like oh I don't know like oh maybe I yeah I suppose it might be a bit fun you know <laughs> anyway I went along and it was like a three-day course and um, at the end of the three-day course the, the, the guy who run, runs the place uh, basically chose two people I didn't even know they were going to do this <laughs> it wasn't my intention chose two people to offer a full-time course to and they were doing you know it was like two-year full-time course in acting and um one of the people was me um and I was like really out of all these hundreds of people <laughs> oh uh 
I was like, put oh, yourself no, no, down no. like that. I, was, I mean, I've seen you act now, so he definitely chose the right person. No, I wasn't. <laughs> That's after two years training. <laughs> this is like he saw yeah, something. It was really, really bizarre, baby. Yeah, but um, and at the time I was like, oh no, no, thank you, but no, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not willing yeah. to commit to a two-year full-time course. You know, I've I was doing other things, and you know, was, anyway. So then I went away and I thought about it, and I was like why why don't I want to commit to like why what is that is that a fear in me is that uh what is that lack of commitment so and yeah. then I completely did a 180 and I was just like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do two-year course and I threw myself into it and it was massively life-changing actually um it really taught me so much about myself the whole the study of acting is actually a study of human condition so it was yeah. it was a huge um eye-opener for me um about other people but about myself as well um so yeah and then after that I did you know a few a few kind of acting jobs and then and then what happened was the big reunion happened yes and the witch got back together so it was like <laughs> acting, acting got shelved a little bit for a while and I'm, and then I had my babies and now I'm kind of coming back into it a little bit so I'm yeah I'm hoping that something else comes off the back of the the Netflix drama but it was such a it was such a great series wasn't yeah. it yeah oh god it, it was like so good complete cliffhangers the, constantly cliffhangers, yeah I mean my part is really small but I was really proud to be a part of it because it was so good you know yes definitely um, I love Harlan and the, the cast in the cast the, the yeah the cast exactly. was just like every person that walked on screen I was like I know you from oh god oh god oh god so obviously I got my script well in advance and you know for the first scene I did and you know, reading it and this, that, and the other. And then I had my wardrobe fitting and that, and that, and that was fine. And um, I remember then asking, could I speak to the actor who was doing, playing the part of my husband, Del Flynn? And they gave me his number, so I phoned him and I was like, oh, you know, should we chat through the scene? Because it was still COVID time, so we couldn't yeah. really get together to rehearse. It was literally just like, get there on the day and go for it. So I was like, oh, you know, should we chat about the scene? So we had a really lovely conversation about the scene. And then it wasn't until the following day and I was looking through the whole thing because there's four people in that scene. There's Broom and um, I forget the name of the other cop, but there's two cops and then Dell and myself. Yeah. And it, and it just dawned on me when I was looking at the cast that Broom was James Nesbitt. And this is two days before filming. And up until this point, I was really, I was like, cool about it. I was like, this is so much fun. You know, I've spoken to Dell. I've spoken to Ross, who's Dell and everything else. So I was like, this is, a, and then suddenly it's like, J James Nesbitt is in my scene. Oh my God, James I'm really now. I'm he was really in nervous. The Hobbit. He was he's in The like, Hobbit. He's like, you know, he's like a, a legend. He's, he's like, he's amazing. And I was like, oh no, I'm really intimidated now. <laughs> really nervous and I was just completely a wreck for the next two days I was like oh my god I'm really nervous now and it's you know <laughs> trying to sort of play opposite him and stuff but it was fine it was absolutely yeah. brilliant in fact and he's you, you smashed know, it oh thank you it was good <laughs> it was very good like I really enjoyed it and it, what oh. it was generally just like is that is, is that I know <laughs> well do you know and that's actually really nice to hear because um you know, it, it, when, you, when you're not sure if it is that person, that yeah. means they must be acting the other part quite well because 
they're not completely recognizable and I got a lot of people saying I wasn't sure if it was you and then you had the English accent and it really threw me and it was like, <laughs> that's exactly what no, I was like her. no, no it's, it's not, not her because she's English yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh no! It, honestly, I hope it is because obviously you've quite clearly got a talent for it. So hopefully, oh, this is just the start of something like because there's just too much talent there to go to waste. That's all oh, I'm going to okay. say. Too much talent. Oh, um, so I've got a few final questions for yeah. you now, mm-hmm. and I like to ask my musical guests this because quite a lot of the people who I have on the show, it's their songs that do this for me. So mm-hmm. I quite like to kind of throw it back a little bit and be like, okay, yeah. what's it for you? Personally, as soon as I, if I'm at a party and I hear, oh, I know what's about yeah. to happen. Taylor's about to make a holy show of himself. Can't yeah. Irish dance, but this is what's going to, I'm turning to Michael Flatley as soon as I hear this song. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> <laughs> what song needs to be playing to get you on the dance floor? Oh, there's a few. My God. Okay, let's think. Oh, now that we found love. Now that we found love, what are we going to do? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm a fan. Oh. (laughs) You know what would get me up? Something like... um, Maria Maria by Santana because I, I love Ooh. a bit of I love a bit oh, of that. yes yeah that would really those guitar be strings oh yeah yeah something a bit sexy like that I'd be like yeah, yeah. come on <laughs> okay I'm adding those to the playlist now you've smashed that a fan of that so on the flip side of that when like you hear is, is there a song that when you hear or a song that you can't listen to anymore because it brings out yeah. an emotion like yeah. if, is there a song like that for you yeah there's a song which is probably one of my all-time favorite songs in the whole world but I probably haven't listened to it for 20 years because I just can't yeah and it's um I'm kissing you you know from the um Romeo and Juliet soundtrack oh the, yeah and it's Desiree oh my god it's just mm. so emotional I don't know what it is about that particular song and then there's another one by Eva Cassidy um anything by Eva Cassidy anything by Eva Cassidy that album yeah but there's one in particular I can't remember the name of it now um gosh it's gone it's gone out of my mind yeah yeah, Eva Cassidy yeah I'm with you on that one to be honest as soon as you said that name I was like I had like a little bit of a yeah (laughs) bit of a chill (laughs) yeah but that Desiree song is definitely so there's a Desiree song and I mean that that is a very it's a beautiful song but there's also a Desiree song and I don't know why this sticks into my head every time but as soon as I hear someone talk about it I have to say it but there's a song you know that live oh yes yes <laughs> there's a there's a line in that song it's like I don't want to walk through the park I might see a ghost I'd rather have a piece of toast yes like no one believes me but that's that's the actual that lyrics. is like, the, lyrics. You Google yes. the lyrics and it's a great song as well i love that song it's a banger it really <laughs> no is. one believes me i was just like i know i come out with like this little fun fact every now now and now and again i know i know yeah. thank you see thanks thank you for having my back with that yes i love that song very very much thank you i have one final question for you okay and you can be brutally honest with this but you have to give me a minute because again I've waited What's my worst habit oh no I've no no I've waited <laughs> oh, for this <laughs> I'm gonna put it on oh, I'm yay. gonna put it on 
do it yet. Oh, look, it matches my jeans. I wish I put jeans up. I didn't even think, <laughs> but that, my leg doesn't go that high. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one final question. Yeah. Does this mean I can be the fifth member of Bewitched? Yes. That's it. That's all it takes. Job done. <laughs> job Yay. done that's it the podcast is done it's literally oh. i can I, if it all ends tomorrow honestly Listen, if you can if you can if you do little jig as well then you're definitely in um not right I now i just had oh, i was gonna say i've just had dinner i don't want to get a stitch <laughs> i haven't got my sports i don't want any on. injuries on <laughs> so, the show yeah, no no, no. <laughs> like it was Lindsay from bewitch fault don't think that'll go down in a e they won't believe no. me <laughs> Oh, honestly you have been an absolute dream to have a waffle with like oh. thank you for your time like you know, I, I'm gonna say again absolute dream to, as well to chat too I felt so comfortable talking to you and thank you for being very sensitive with certain subjects as well and uh, you've got a lovely way about you thank you oh thank you I'm gonna take that that, that genuinely means a lot because oh. yeah it's I, yeah I have the best job in the world but yeah. I'm gonna throw that compliment back because I don't take compliments very well. So I'm kind of going, where do my voices go at all? <laughs> um, but honestly, thank you. Because even all those years ago, like your music has soundtracked and I'm still soundtracking some of like mine and my friends, like best memories. Like even like, even before I started the recording, I said to my sister, I was like, guess who I'm recording with? And she was like, oh, who? Like she hates it. Like she was like, oh, who now? And then I played the star of... Um, Cella V and she was like oh, okay. no way kind of thing so yeah yous are absolute legends and I don't know what's coming next but I hope to god like we start seeing more of you all of oh, you so thank you thank you so much well actually it's our 25 year anniversary next year so 2023 um it'll be 25 years since Cella V was released so we will wow. be doing something I don't know what yet, but watch yeah. the space. We'll be doing something. To well, if you go on tour, come to like near the Midlands. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Please. Yeah, yeah. We will. We're, we're, we will. we're desperate to have you back. I know. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> I feel like a wide little child then. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, no, honestly, you have been an absolute dream. So thank you for joining oh, me for a waffle. No problem. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Huge thank you to my incredible guest this week, the brilliant Lindsay Armel from the iconic Bewitched. Don't forget, if you like what you've heard, hit subscribe and I'll see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.